Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends, Damler and Elliot. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty all right. Pretty excited. Yeah, we've got another guest. It's two in a row. What, another one. Oh. Another one, not another one. <laughs> no, honestly though, Josh is back. Josh Carr is back at Come Along Pond. We're so excited. You know what? Josh is probably going to be a series regular at this point. So you know, just be ready for that because we bloody love him. We bloody love him. Yes, it's it. That's all coming up. That's all coming up. Before I go any further though, I just want to say this: on the day we recorded with Josh. It was literally sweltering. Like, literally, Elliot backed me up. How fucking hot was it that day? Yes, I mean, we recorded in the midst of the dreaded September heatwave. Yeah, yeah, in the UK, we get heat. And we can't deal with the heat because none of us have AC because that's not a thing that you have in the UK unless you're rich. So 
we were just dying. So I had a really shitty fan and I'm sorry, but it was either record uh, and probably get heat stroke or record with a bit of fan in the background. So you will hear the fan in the background. I am sorry. It's my, it's me. I am the problem. It's me. Hi. Um, yeah, me and Josh just put up with it. Yeah, no, you and Josh put up with it, but I was like, no, I'm not doing that. The thing is, I had actually been putting up with the heat up until that point, but it was like, uh, babe, Elliot, after every recording, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just covered in sweat and it's not cute. So that's that. But there is another issue. Sorry, I know. We're just unprofessional here at CAP. We're nothing if not unprofessional. Always. Especially when we have guests. Because every time we have a guest on, there's always an issue for some bloody reason. Um, Elliot's AirPods decided to connect to the input for the sound instead of their mic. So we also have AirPod audio from Elliot while we did this conversation. But there you go. Just wanted to put that out there. Deal with it. Also, sorry. <laughs> but deal with it, mostly. Exactly. Other than that, though, the, the fan debacle, are you doing okay? Yeah, no, doing I'm doing okay? all right. I'm not bad. Yeah. The heat wave is ending now, so I'm better. Yeah, I woke up to rain the other morning. Very happy. But how how about you, babe? You all right? Yeah. Good. I'm always all right. Oh, oh, oh look at that. We love a reference here at Cap. But we know what we also love. Three miles. Three, three miles? I, did, I just yeah. <laughs> couldn't tell what the pause was for. Uh, three miles. Yes, anyway, that's right. I reached deep into my uh, sack of mail uh, and pulled out oh. three three emails, or as we call them around here, partner, three emails. Sack. Three randomly selected emails. First one goes as follows. Hello, Cap Besties. Cap missing one of the P's, so clearly a fake fan. Uh, found a podcast <laughs> after I began... <laughs> kidding. After I found another rewatch of New Who and immediately binged your backlog of pod episodes and even watched Tortured Season 1 for the first time. Uh, not my fave, but I'll watch Season 2 for you. Honestly, I'd say if, you, if you're not vibing with Series 1, I wouldn't put, your, I wouldn't put yourself through it. Don't put yourself through um, it, no. Because if you don't... See, series 2 is just Series 1 again, but more. Um... So, you know, we appreciate the love of the content, but just enjoy us talking about it. It's fine. Uh, while I've watched Series 1 to 7 too many times to count, I can never seem to get past Series 8 and other characters and the actors. But something about the paradox involving Danny Pink, we're trying to uh, avoid spoilers here, uh, was the last heartbreak I could take. Maybe binging Doctor Who isn't the best way to go? Yeah, maybe. Look forward to future coverage. I need this podcast to hold my hands in order to continue my Doctor journey. Are there any paradoxes, open threads in Doctor Who that keep you up at night? My own example, Rory's dad, how Mickey and Martha are engaged. I've only consumed the show, so these could all have been answered, and now I have no idea. Oops. I am a big, 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 uh, and this is this is nothing, it's not personal to you, it's just because we've been asked the question. Uh, I I don't care. <laughs> about any of those things like I just uh, don't no, but, care. People, no, but there are but there are people who really you know like there are people who really sort of get get into that kind of stuff and i just i find it difficult to muster the energy to be concerned um like but i understand why other people do find it interesting that's just how i watch things and watch tv personally um so i'm you know i'm always a bit like eh, eh, oh there's a paradox is there that's not been resolved oh well uh, 
I really can't think of one off the top of my head. I really, really can't think of one. I mean, I uh, I guess Rory's dad is one as well, and, you know, Mickey and Martha being engaged or whatever. But, and th- look, listen, this is coming from the two people who hyperfixate on Rose's fucking scarf she wore one time. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not really one to talk. Just, yeah, I mean, it's just no. That's that's but that's my that's my approach to telly. You know, I'd like I'd much rather much rather think about Billy Piper's scarf than think about like unresolved plot threads. Yeah, like um, I'd rather talk talk about the specific shade of blue that Ten wears in his suit than yeah. We're just we're just having a it's wackadoodle time, girlies. It's wackadoodle time at this podcast. I also feel like a lot of those threads don't really come until you get to Moffat stuff, and I mean I've not yeah. watched any of it for a while, so. On the top of my head, there isn't really, because Russell's quite good at wrapping up everything in a bow. So, uh, you know, not to Speaking say. of Russell, I, I'm going to say yeah. it now. I don't care. I want to mention it. I don't care. Um, Russell uh, commented and liked one of our reels. The father acknowledged our existence. And yes, it was mainly because Crystal was talking on the reel itself. So it's be- but it's because, it's because, yeah, it's because he saw it through Crystal's Instagram page and <laughs> because don't care. it's a collaboration. It- it's it's still uh, yeah. an acknowledgement, and I'll take it. But then also on top of that, um, I personally went to go and see Prima, uh, Prima Adman at God of Carnage playing at the Lyric Hammersmith at the time of recording and at the time of posting. Uh, and she saw the story. And you know what? I can now go to bed at night and rest my little head on my pillow, knowing that they both acknowledged us for like a second and now probably forgotten, but don't care. Yeah, anyway, sorry, Crystal. Um, it's a good question. And if you have any more examples, we'd love to hear from them. Do send us another email. But they say, I loved you both and the pod. Crystal B. Thanks, Crystal. Thanks, Crystal. But also, oh, yeah. How funny. We were just talking about Crystal D, and now we're talking about Crystal. Crystal B. Crystal B. How funny. Mm. Love that. Thank you. And we have another email here that goes as follows. Hi, Damler and Elliot. Sorry if this email makes no sense at all. I'm not the best at them. Well, you've got me reading them out, so it's going to make even less sense, but, you know, we'll soldier through it together. Anyways, I am slowly becoming a big fan because I am slowly listening to all of your episodes. I love them, and it gives me an excuse to watch Doctor Who again, but also because you both go very in-depth when you discuss episodes, which I don't think I could ever do. Don't tell yourself short. We're just two randos. For how much you mentioned being discovered on TikTok, I actually found you on YouTube after going through a rabbit hole of Doctor Who videos. And I have a hot take. I've come to realise that my favourite episodes are all by Stephen Moffat. But I mean no hate to any of the writers. I mean, I feel like, you know, that's a very sensible position. Lots of people like Stephen Moffat. I'm just a weirdo. I'm a fan of Stevie Boy, but also he annoys me at the same time. It's a love-hate relationship, but I love him mostly. I love you both. Love you too. Maria. Now, Maria, I know I pronounced your name wrong, and you have attached a handy guide there of how to pronounce it, but now I'm worried that I'm also pronouncing the correct pronunciation wrong. So, again, just feel free to just email in. Kick me in the shins. It's fine. You are one of our patrons, so, you know, if I'm saying your name wrong, I do deserve to know. But, yes. you know, the the added clarification was very helpful, but I, I just worry that I'm still doing it wrong. Anyway. We worry here at CAP. Yeah, I don't want to say anybody's name incorrectly. We are sponsored by Worry and Guilt. <laughs> yeah. And our final email goes as follows. Hello to both of you. I've not long discovered the podcast. I'm quite far behind. So if, I, so if this is read out, it is. I look forward to hearing it in a few months' time. Anyway, I'm currently on the Gaze and Dolls episode, and it reminded me of a toy memory I have from primary school. 
Ooh. It was during SATs in year six, and the teacher told us we could bring in a little something for comfort slash support. I imagine they were thinking more along the lines of a small plush toy or a little desk trinket, but me being the fanboy I was, the teacher even gave me a special Doctor Who reference to say during our school play. I brought in my 10th Doctor action figure along with the entire main TARDIS console playset. They very firmly told me, obviously not. And it went back into my school bag and I've never forgiven them. I hate that. Teachers just don't know how to have fun. Screw them. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, but also, side eye. Yeah. I do need my emotional support, TARDIS playset. Uh, yep. We all yeah. do. So, Aaron, honestly, fair enough. Don't forgive them. You were wronged by them. Love the podcast. All the best. Aaron, already spoiled your name there. Tried to save it for the end. Oh, well. I was trying to be nice. What a bloody time. I've closed I've closed the sack now. But the sack The sack has been... Oh, God. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, sack it's been is closed. closed. I put the drawstring oh. around the sack and I snapped it shut. Stop saying the word. Stop it. I hate that word. Oh, it makes me so uncomfortable. It makes me so uncomfortable. Um, plinth. Anyway. Bag. Uh, mail, mail bag. <laughs> bag. <laughs> Anywho, thank you for all of your wonderful emails, guys. Always appreciated. Always appreciated. And let, it's it's time to talk about planet no i'm doing it again i'm floundering i'm floundering i struggle with transitions thank you for the emails emails the ones we're <laughs> words reading. i'm reading yeah <laughs> thanks for all the joy they're, joy breeding. they're bringing oh oh who yeah yeah uh who can live without them i mean that still fits i ask in all honesty what would life be Without a word or some mail, so I say thank, thank you for you the for three the mails, emails, the ones for sending them reading. to me. me. Anyway. So, if you couldn't tell, based on the hilarious little joke that we made there up top, today we are talking about episode three of series four, Doctor Who. It was broadcast on the 19th of April, 2008, directed by Graham Harper, written by Keith Temple, and it's called Planet of the Ood. And we have a very, very, very special guest with us. Josh. Josh, introduce yourself to the people. Um, hello, I'm Josh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to say. Uh, well, if you've <laughs> listened to the podcast, you know who Josh is. He was on the podcast before with me. It was just the two of us talking about alternate storylines. Yes. And it was a really fun time. And if you haven't listened to it, shame for shame. Um, but no, we have Josh today to talk about Planet of the Ood. Yes. And we're so excited. But before we get into any of it, before we get into what it's about and all the shit that we talk about, Josh, you have a fun factoid before we get into it, right? Oh, Yes, linking back to our previous episode where we talked about alternate storylines for Doctor Who, uh, things that nearly happened. There were some weird ones in there. 
There were a lot that revolved around J.K. Rowling, unfortunately. This one is relating to a little episode you may have heard called The Planet of the Ood, which is what we're talking about today. Um, yes. And uh, it's actually that it was meant to be more of a direct sequel to The Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit than first thought of, because the main character, alongside the Doctor and Donna, was going to be Ida Scott. Oh, <gasps> really? It was originally Oh, planned. Elliot, are you all right? Are you, are you okay? <laughs> Break my heart. Yeah. I love Ida Scott. <laughs> I can't believe that Ida Scott didn't come back. Um, she was going to be a member of an investigative team looking into the conditions on the Ood Sphere and would be dismayed to discover that her estranged father was now involved in Ood operations, though he would be later revealed to be secretly acting on behalf of the Ood. So I assume he's the little doctor guy who's yeah. who's like barely around. Mm. Harry Potter's dad is the only yes, way that James I can... Yes, James Potter, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> why is it always J.K. Rowling with us? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, him, I assume he was planned to be Ida's dad. But yeah, I just thought I'd bring that to the table because that's mad. Yeah, fun little fact. It was the only one that I could find, and I thought there's got to be something in here. There were a couple of others, but they were pretty minor. I'm really upset about this. Sorry, that sounds really good. Saying, you know, we'll get into the episode, and I'm sure that we we all loved it. But I think any Doctor episode would be improved with the addition of Ida Scott. Oh my god! Absolutely. Yes. Yes, I mean, as this is now, Elliot, you have a very specific connection to this character. Yeah, I mean, just honestly, everyone on that base, you know, we did our we did our ranking of base members when we did Impossible Planet because it's like my favourite two part. They will have a very special place in my heart. But I just got she's the best one. Truly, no, that's upset me. Actually, I'm going to forget that happened. We're going to forget we talk about it because I'm really upset. Queen, but... <laughs> Queen, Queen Scott. Oh, what a downer! What a downer! Well, speaking of Ida, I had an idea because... Oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> that was Thank you. beautifully uh, done. <laughs> sorry. Got round of applause because that was... Thanks, sorry. I'm very good at the segue. In fact, I've just ruined it by hyping it up so much. But please do it again. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. I can see just down a lot losing your mind in the corner. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of Ida, I had an idea earlier today. I sat in my house. It's very, very hot. Um, you know... The sweat was pouring off me. Um, and you might think it's because of the temperature. It's not. It's because I was in a cold sweat, racked with nerves, going, oh, I know what Planet of the Ood is about. I know what Google thinks it's about. Bloody, I know what IMDb thinks it's about. But I really desperately need to know what Josh Carr thinks it's about. And Denver, I guess. I guess. I mean, to, to, stall, to stall for time, that was the... Best link I've ever heard in a podcast in my entire life. Oh my god, well there you go. There were twists, (laughs) there were turns, there were laughs, there were cries. And if if anything, I think that's what Planet of the Ood is about. Twists, turns. But what do you think it's about? But what do I think it's about? I think it's about this. And what I'm going to say, Josh, Elliot, you won't understand the reference I'm about to make, but some listeners will understand the reference. Karma is real. Now, this has two layers to it. Because karma is real, because we see it come around in this episode. Karma is a thing. Karma is a character in this episode. But also, karma is real. And the Swifties will know what I'm talking about. 
Um, why would I not get that? I was going to say, isn't Josh like... I saw you tweeting about getting tickets to the Eras tour. When oh, I don't. am a massive Swifty, I have oh my God. Taylor Swift vinyl, you know... I'm oh my god, wait. Why have we never Josh, sorry, we need how, to like how, after how this. Did we did I need know to this, but not you. What's going yeah. on? What what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I mean, wait. I'm a I am I'm sort of a a, a, a Swifty against my will. I've been forced into ah. the into the role. I'm a Swifty boyfriend who is slowly slowly but surely becoming an independent Swifty. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna paint you into any corners, but you know, we do keep meaning to do our Doctor Who and Taylor Swift episode, so oh, I'm in. You know, keep, keep your eyes open for that because it's it's definitely getting me to listen to Taylor Swift. I mean, I've listened to one album and I quite like it, but you know, she's going to force me to do a lot. So yeah, it's going to be a lot. But yeah, Karma is a cat. Karma is a relaxing thought. Aren't you envious that for you it's not? You know the vibes, Elliot, babe. What do you think it's about? Uh, it's a very very important PSA to men. Just to say, men, if you're going bald, just shave your head. It's fine. Don't worry about yes. it. Who cares? <laughs> no one's going to think you're any less. Don't drink hair tonic. You'll become uh, brain out your nose. Stop. Yeah, like embrace, embrace change. Do you know what I mean? actually happened yeah. to a friend of mine. And oh. <laughs> they've not been the same since. It's actually sad. Like, I get it. I'm terrified of losing my hair. I am losing my hair. But you know what? When it starts to get irredeemable, we shave it off. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. We rock the ood look. <laughs> before we go, we, before we really rock the ood look, they are the ultimate skinheads, to be fair. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of the ood, though, I have a point I want to make right up top, right up top, right here, right now. Before we go any further, I am an ood apologist. I am an ood stan. I am an ood. Uh, I don't know what you were a fan of the ood. An I'm ooder. a fan of the ood. I'm an ooder. An ooder. Yes. I honestly in Udi, that's better. Yes, Udi, I like that. I like Udon is good. That works on multiple levels because noodles. And we like noodles. And they're fronds that like noodles. noodles. I also love the Ood and I it gives me a big old grin every time they show up. Yeah. They're they're in that one. Like one of the last episodes of Flux, there's just nude in the background. I love like, it's an that. Ood. I love seeing yeah. it. I love them. Yeah, they when they pop up. up, it just fills me with joy. It knocks an episode up a point every single time. Every single time they show up. And the thing is with the Ood, anything they do, whatever they do, I'm on their side. Like, I will automatically be on their side. It doesn't matter what is going down. It doesn't matter. I'm on their side, to be really honest. You're zapping heads. I'm yep. on your side. Yep. Yeah. Eating someone's face. I'm on your side. Cousins of the censorites. I mean, as a as a big a big classic Who nerd, I love that. I fucking love the little censorites reference we get. And I need. I now need an Ood and censorites episode because oh for sure they're both creepy little cute boys. That's what they both are. I'm trying to imagine the censorites in color. And like widescreen and, and it's like looking good. Out. That's I mean, yeah. The sensorites look good in one shot, and it's it's just when they do the little poke over the, the cliffhanger, yeah. which is the scariest shot in all of Doctor Who. I hope everyone oh, yeah. will agree. Scarier than any Weeping Angel shot we've ever had is the sensorite poking up on the window. Wait, I need to do some live research. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. 
But also, it's scarier because we get two of them because they reshot it for the second episode, and it is oh. it is so oh. much scarier the first time around. I just conducted live research, and I can confirm. It's really weird. Anything, right? It's it's like yeah. the reason why the scariest moment in Impossible Planet Satan Pit is when Toby's standing out on the asteroid because logically, no one should be able to do that. And that's exactly, there he is. If anything, it's it's it, it seems like I've never actually made the link, but. It's a very similar mm. shot to the Toby one, and I like it. We've come full circle already. Hartnell, Hartnell and Troughton, who is just scary anyway, because that black and white, 4-3, dark, cold. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, Watching it on like a autumnal evening or a winter evening, cosied up. Ooh, that's a good time for Hartnell. Vibes. Good time for Hartnell. Hartnell yeah, Hartnell's cosy winter vibes. Yeah. I mean, whereas this... Despite the fact that we're on a snowy planet, this is s- s- spring summer vibes. I link. I very easily link Doctor episodes to yeah to time periods of the year. But even though this is the snowiest episode of Doctor Who we probably have ever had, this is nowhere near a winter episode for me. It really isn't. No, I you're don't so really right. get the it's logic. Like... It's probably based on when they air, to be honest, because you know probably. I'm a, you know, this this makes me want to tuck into maybe the the real last remnants of an Easter egg because we're like <laughs> three we- three weeks out from Easter weekend at this point, like the last last little crumbs from a from a little tinfoil wrapper of an Easter egg. That's what this makes me think of. It is very spring and summer actually. Like when you think about certain episodes, like film Partners in Crime that we covered recently, that that's giving like it's 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 cold. Yeah, that's autumn. Even though that's an Easter weekender, that's autumn for me. Jody Jody's era is autumnal Sunday nights, cozy autumnal nights. The wax melts are burning. I've got a blanket. I've just had a roast. It's Jody <laughs> time. That's that. That's my vibes. I feel like each Doctor is a season. Like the Ninth Doctor is giving I feel like the ninth doctor is giving like I, I don't mean the the doc the doctor the ninth doctor himself you might want to be like oh kind of cold wintry but the actual episodes it's it's summer Early it's summer, summer. season baby June. yeah it is june yeah it's june yeah. it's giving yeah. june so like ninth doctor is summer i'd say the tenth doctor is like easter time yes for me agreed like it, it, April yeah vibes. spring spring yeah. uh matt matt smith is Christmassy, I'm definitely not, not quite yet Christmas. But I'd say late November. Late November vibes. Mm. Advent calendars are out. Capaldi's January, January big time. No hate, but absolutely January. Just yeah. that's so accurate. Sort of post post Christmas blues. I'm glad we've done this. I feel Same. vindicated. <laughs> I thought this was something that I would I was just insane for, but no, 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 no. Is... No, I can see it honestly. Oh, I love it. I love it. And yeah, like Jody is Jody is you know an autumnal yeah. evening. Tom, yeah. October, easy, mm. easy late yeah. October, yeah. early November, Halloween time. It's the Gothic vibes. I get that from eight as well. I don't know why. This is oh yeah. This is barely even newsworthy. The shit that I'm coming out with here. <laughs> No, this is oh. the shit we talk about. Newsflash. Gothic TV is meant to be watched at the end of October. Wow, Josh. Yes. This is revolutionary. 
analysis that you're whipping out here. Jesus Christ. No, but these are the nuances we like to discuss. Fifth Doctor, summer through and through because cricket. Yeah. Cricket. It's got to be hot enough to play cricket on the village green. It is, yeah. Wimbledon yeah. in time. Sorry. When you said cricket, it just made me think, sorry. Cricket. Like, because anytime something disappoints me, I'm just like, cricket. It just made me think of that. <laughs> it's like I was saying, uh, Fifth Doctor, cricket. No. No. I, Daniel, much to your, uh, I was going to say chagrin, but not chagrin, because that's the bad one, but, you know, the anti-chagrin. Um, I want to bring something back that's been long lost in the hearts of uh, viewers and listeners and yourself alike. Oh, it's time for a bit of a costume corner, because Donna's got the fluffiest winter coat on I think I've ever seen. Variety. Variety in outfits. And uh, this actually yeah. links to a fact that I have. They filmed this in August during a heatwave. Oh, God. Jesus. And <laughs> the fact that they put Catherine Tate in that is borderline a union issue. Like, yes. she should, she should yes. be getting in touch with people about that because that is... Patrick Troughton would be proud of that big fluffy coat. That, oh it's yeah, that fluffy, <laughs> yeah. and it's got a hood. Yeah, ridiculous, and she's got it up a lot of the time as well. It's um, it's, it's a mad. bit much. Yeah, it is a bit mad. I'm not gonna lie. I will say though, I don't know why they decided to do a Donna Noble figure with this outfit on. Like this is the only Donna Noble figure we we've got so far, so far. Uh, and she has a big fluffy coat on. This isn't the one I would have chosen. To base a do you think it's like of. less? Do you think it's like less intricate to paint though? You can just put a big plastic mold of a jacket over yeah. like the body yeah. of the figure, and then yeah. I would have liked the then. Doctor Donna outfit, but that's for another time. <laughs> Save it. Save it. Doctor Donna friends. That, that, right. Let's. So as we, as the listeners know, we don't do things in order here. I just love. Sorry, I love. So foreshadowing is something we love. We've spoken about it many times, and. The Doctor Donna, the way it comes into this episode, it's just yeah, beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is great. It's. I mean, I was listening to your Partners in Crime episodes the other day, and I, I know that you were talking about how like perfectly laid out every aspect. This is like one of the great TV story arcs for me because the others are good, but sometimes Doctor Who story arcs can just be. Person says word, person says word, person says the word twice in an episode, <laughs> person says the word again. Oh, the word is now a big thing in the finale. But yeah. this this series, oh my God, it is like, it is story arcing at its finest because just tiny little innocuous jokes that you don't think are anything. Like, it, it dawned on me today that like, the the whole like oh no 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 we're not married is that is is that a hint at the Doctor Donna mm. I don't know I was like is it because I wouldn't put it past Russell I know it's a mm. joke but is he yeah. also thinking huh, 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 they are yeah they do look alike because they're the they're, well they're, they're one person um, no you make a good point actually but this is the thing it's like when they say the Doctor and Donna the Doctor Donna Dr. Donna friends. You just think it's all alliteration fun and, you know, trying to say their names exactly. together. You wouldn't for a second think, I know exactly what this is referencing. This is referencing the fact that Donna's going to become part time lord. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so, yeah. it's called being a good writer. Yeah. You know it's just innoc- innocuous fun becomes like, yeah. 
was because we also get a bees disappearing mention here yeah. again as well. Mm. The bees disappearing. The bees disappearing, and it's so just, good. That's one of my favorite moments in Journey's End because I was like, that is just that's genius. It's so silly. Bees are because the bees are disappearing. Because like, the bees are actually disappearing in real life. And, so yeah. That Russell's just a, a genius for that, and I feel like this was his last full series. He nailed, he nailed the arc in his last series, and he really did. The, yeah, you know, all those things that have gone on to be so iconic are all things like that. Like the fact that so this is his last full series, and there's so much of it. But then even the specials, he's like, I'm still going to give you a bit of setup and pay off with the four knocks. Because mm-hmm. why? Why not? Why not? And yeah, like four knocks is. I ridiculously iconic. Yeah. I feel like though, now that when Russell comes back for the new series, it's just going to be anytime there's a word that's said more than once, we're going to be like, now what's this? Oh. <laughs> yeah. We have actually talked about this a little in the past and I guess we won't go on to it for too long, but like, I'm actually scared about watching new episodes, but with like there being an online fan base. Cause I, yeah. so much of this I experienced on my own and in my own little bubble. And like, I now don't want to read crack hot theories online about things anymore because someone will be right. Yeah. But (laughs) then it will just feel cheaper somehow. I don't know. I just want to figure it out. I want to have a little puzzle with myself, you know? I don't want to... I don't need... I mean, this is why I don't go on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, and why we don't have one anymore is because it's like, stop ruining things. I I just want to experience things. Let me experience things. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's, It's a sad time. But Russell's also good for like a last minute subversion. And yes. I think Yes. I think we'll get a lot of that in the new uh, in the new era. I mean there's a lot of subversion in this as well. Cuz the ending <laughs> Yeah, that fucking comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? Jesus. Yeah. Cuz in my in my mind the biggest the biggest plot twist and setup and payoff in this episode is like having genuinely quite good effects work. Yeah, um, I forgot how well it held up. Yeah, that's the one that caught me off guard. I think the shit, the shot when the they're looking at the rocket ship, that's like good implementation of CGI because it's from the ground. It feels perspective. Yeah, words. It looks nice. There's like some. It. It's it's a really well shot episode as well. It really is. Uh, obviously, because it's Graham Harper, um, and Graham Harper is one of the best directors that Doctor Who's ever seen. Like there's a there's a there's a cup one that sticks in my mind that I hadn't noticed before, but there's sort of a moment where Doctor and Donna it's when it's like at the beginning of the like third act where everything's kicking off outside the Udigo and Rabbit. And there's a moment where you're seeing it from like the Doctor and Donna's perspective and there's the whole screen is just grey with smoke. Yeah. And then the smoke clears and Ood Sigma is just stood in the smoke and it is Mm. It is beautiful. It's such a good shot, and I adore it. And Graham Harper, I would just, I would die for that man because he's great. That man can shoot an episode of Doctor Who. I can tell you. Oh, for sure. I mean, I love. There's another shot of um. So when Elliot, when you're talking about the effects, something that I think held up the best for me personally was the claw. The claw. <laughs> yeah, the claw is is like crazy good. It's really yeah, good. It is. Yeah. Uh, the the brain. Mm, yeah, it's very little bit dicey. standard. Little bit yeah. dicey. 
it's yeah. fine up until up until the man falls into the brain and it opens mm. up in quite a sexually suggestive way um <laughs> to swallow him up and uh it 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 haunts my dreams it's like they it's one of the things they seem to struggle with, though, is like thing below a railing that suggests perspective. Like I think about the ice, like lake in the waters of Mars, that does not look particularly great. I think about the nesting consciousness as well. The, ne- the nesting <laughs> consciousness. This is a like thing, even just isn't it? some of the perspective stuff from like Satan Pit and things like that, where you just go like, yeah, it's just like the oh, falling yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah. standing at a railing and looking down at something that's not there never actually looks quite good. Yeah. I feel like some a lot of the falling shots are really bad as well. Like we've, I mean, Elliot, we've spoken about this before. Um, you know, when Clara falls in the snowman, because it's always just cut out, cut out JPEG of an actor that's being like dragged across an image rather than anything else. The one time that they do get falling right is when the Doctor falls down the pit, and that was Graham Harper. <gasps> yeah, Graham Harper yeah, does can do this stuff. Graham Harper knows it. Um. Yeah, just where he's like falling into the dark, and that's the that's the key to it is that you haven't got to comp him around anything. He's just in darkness. That's how. That's why it works so well. But, so um, good. I uh, I mean, I guess sort of speaking of the effects, and then sort of like going, I guess into into a scene to talk about as well. I remember turning to the person who I was watching it with, and the scene when they first find the the ooze, the ooze that's dying in the snow. Um, they sort of walk in through that kind of oddly man made entrance point. And I remember returning to them and going, and now we're in a park in Cardiff, yeah. and <laughs> there's nude on the ground. Because um, yes. you know it is; it's just like square footage of like a playing field somewhere that they've like dusted. Yeah, it's a it's a park yeah, or it's, it's a quarry. Never not charming. Yeah, like as the my favourite thing about when we redid, yeah, well, when we when we did Evolution of the Daleks and Daleks in Manhattan was just going like, oh, I love how, yeah, the Central Park is just just Cardiff. Just Cardiff in winter time. It's so good. It's, it's it like we were referencing Confidential when David was like, "We're in Cardiff, and the rest of the crew got to go to New York." That's <laughs> yeah. not fair. Yeah. I always yeah, remember Phil that. over in New York. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're at the base. They're at the base of the Statue of Liberty, and it's just a wall with some grass somewhere in Cardiff. <laughs> It's so good. But I I do love how I mean you can kind of tell like when they're on the snow caps, if you want to call it, and you can tell there's just white powder on grass. You can kind of tell, I feel like, in some bits. Some But I think yeah. But I think it's the it's the beauty of it though, isn't it? It's like I never you know, never thought about any of the stuff as a as a kid. Every every week it, I was fully invested in the conceit that you know, everything was everything that it was. Um it's only now as an adult that I have to slight, you know. It's a bit cheap, but that's part of the charm. And it's because they use it so well as well, right? Like that scene where they find the Ood is genuinely beautiful yeah, and sad. Yeah. yeah. And this, like when, when he says the snow will take care of that is really sad mm. as well. That's that's like, a, I don't know, that's always stuck with me. It's really sad. I, I just really struggle seeing the Ood suffer because I love them so much. I think they're adorable. I don't know what it is. I said this in the two-parter when we spoke about it. I find them so cute. I think because they remind me of my cat a little bit in a weird way. Because the way they kind of tilt, it's the way it's the way they tilt their heads and they just kind of blink slowly. It reminds me of my cat, and I just think they're so cute. And she cute. will electrocute your forehead if she gets the chance. No, oh, she yeah. would. If she they would. if they had that kind of technology, they would be electrocuting your foreheads left, right, and center. Cats would absolutely do that. 
I just find them so sweet. And like when I really struggle watching them being tortured, electrocuted, they're just so baby girl. Like Ood's are so baby girl, you know? I just love them. I just Completely love them. Agree. They're just adorable. Ood's are classified as baby girl. I can I no, they agree. Are. <laughs> um, th- there is though one bit that especially makes me want to cry when, like, when I look at them is when it's revealed that they actually... So the, the sphere that they talk through the whole time is actually not something they have naturally, something that is cut off and replaced. So they have a brain originally. And it's the bit when they're in the cage with them and the, the one of them comes over and is really cute and just like opens... It's like a, it's it's like a child showing you something, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, because he like, hobbles. Look at, look at this. He's yeah. like crouched and then he still like hobbles on his feet. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> so and it's just a little brain, a little gooey brain in his in his uh, their hand, its hand, whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> oh, thank you for showing it to me. I love you so much. Like, thank oh, you. I can't. I think that's a I genius can't. idea as well because it's also a bit of a guilt trip on the audience that we've had two episodes with the Ood previously, and then like half an hour of an episode now, and we've not questioned the fact that. Who puts the ball on? Like they're not born with a with a plastic ball, and it's like, yeah, yeah you should have, yeah. yeah, like it's like a bit of a check your privilege moment. Like, yeah. obviously, it's a bit weird to put it like that because I know it's an ood, but I just, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I feel like it really comes yeah. across yeah. like that. Yeah, it is, it is that sort of you know, if you don't stop and think about how you know, they like say I know it's an ood, but if you you know frame it and take it into the real world, if you don't, you don't ever stop and think about what other people experience or how people are treated you just take it as red i mean it's like donna getting really defensive about the fact that all of her clothes are made by slaves she doesn't want to yeah like, yeah even bridge that as a thing to talk about because it's it's horrible to hear but it is true it is very very true and it's yeah, like not know. 10 being a fast fashion anti-king <laughs> yeah yeah ted shops and charity shops are not vintage exclusively yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, a vintage yeah. girly. I mean, it, it's easy to be like that when you steal all your clothes. Like, <laughs> have, you, have you have you ever bought a pair of clothes, a pair of trousers? Have you ever have you ever bought a jacket? No, you steal yeah. them all yeah. from hospitals most of the time. <laughs> yeah, weirdo. Hardworking doctors and nurses. Yeah, you just yeah. you just go into a <laughs> hospital wait like a hospital changing room. And you find either a bow tie or a full Edwardian outfit, because of course you would. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's, uh, you know, get off your high horse, mate. You're not paying for clothes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I had a nickel for every time a doctor stole clothes from a hospital. I'd have, I believe, three nickels, which is not a lot, but it's weird that that happened three times. That's true. There's another, <laughs> yeah. Cause, yeah, because John, John Pertwee steals them from a hospital, doesn't he? he get, that's how he gets his outfit. And then eight and eleven still there from hospital. Yeah, um, and Tom Baker might steal the skipping rope from the unit hospital as well. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. So this happens a lot. Caught red-handed. Caught red-handed. Yeah, doctor actually kind of a terrible person. Um, Imagine. Yeah. But that's why I think it's the it is the perfect sequel to the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit because there's even that sort of meta moment where he kind of talks about how he didn't even really consider them last time. He had to let them die, but this yeah. time he owes them one because yeah. actually they're an oppressed underclass. Yeah, like, again, not 10 being self-aware. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This series. Love that. Like, you know. Yeah, imagine. Like, because obviously last series, he was just awful. Not the whole time. Let me not talk about it too much because, again, I will get hate for it because people hate me talking about the 10th Doctor and being remotely negative about him. But here I am because it's my podcast, so fucking get out of here. Um, But, you know, he really has grown this series, I feel like, and he's actually being more self-aware of the the stuff he was doing. So I I like when he said that. That's development. The Doctor's not... The Doctor's a very flawed character, especially in Series 3. And um, he's still flawed. But he's learning, and that's good. You just—it feels like the Ood have someone in their corner. And again, because obviously I side with them always. I'm always in their corner. But <laughs> it's nice to see them actually being advocated for. Because you get some real characters in this episode who you just want to punch in the face. You just want to just, mm-hmm. just want to go, hey, come here, and just strangle him a little bit, just a little bit. I don't condone <laughs> violence, but also <laughs> that yeah, Mister Halpen is a real yeah son of a bitch agreed also i do have one note here that is fox solana absolute wetty that's all i've (laughs) written because she also sold them down the river big time fuck her she's a really interesting character because for a second for a split second you think she's on their side because she's running with them she kind of doesn't helps them not helps them whatever and then she's like no actually i'd rather get the money in the, we we see that situation like where the doctor's like you can come with us and help or you can go and be with the bad guys and like nine times out of ten we see that situation probably like three or four times a series and nine times out of ten they go with the doctor and i love the fact that they don't do that this time they subvert your expectations and then they yep. just give us some consequences and get us zapped in the brain as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's good. And I like it because it doesn't then try and give her a, a redemption arc thing. We don't have to sit through Twitter discourse now about, you know, how she shouldn't have been redeemed or yeah, yeah. whatever. 
um, because I mean she shouldn't have, but you know I'm also tired of the discourse. Um, <laughs> but like it's quite it's quite nice that you just go. Oh no, actually, you know, just because she's not like actively hunting them down with like whips and guns, she's still parading them around in front of like buyers and showing off all of their amazing comedy features, like being able to say non copyright infringing dough, and uh, you know just like. Mm-hmm. She's you know she's as, as as complacent in all of it just because she doesn't do the violence she's as complacent yeah, in yeah. the the trading of them as as anybody else that so she doesn't deserve anything other than to get dead. Yeah, I think it's one of the best one of the best Doctor Who villain archetypes is the uh, I'm just doing my job people. Um, yes, which is like yeah. obviously goes back to like the Nazis and and stuff like that. You know that was a a common thing. Like I was just following orders. And um, I always think that it's a a good thing to remind people of in a in the format of Doctor Who that you know not doing anything is just as bad as doing something in a lot of cases. Period. And that's what I really like. That's why I really like. There's that. There's that scene. I think when they're first in that sort of investment pitch meeting thing, and it's and um. It's it's edited so it's it's cutting between them being told about all of the Ud's great yes. features while that one Ud with the with the red eyes being chased down by the yes. with guns and it's so it's so stark and so horrible. I moment. made I made an, a note of that because that it's I genius. again I, I feel like because I've seen these episodes so many times until you actually sit down and take notes about an episode like in when you're doing something like this there's so much thing so many things that you notice that you hadn't that you just glossed over since you were a kid because I just revert back to being an eight-year-old when I watch it and I watch it through the same lens but that's that moment yeah that is amazing because it's she's talking about how much they love and care for the Ood and that's all overlaid like men with guns chasing them around like a snowy car park and that is a great moment a great moment and it would have been so simple to just have those be two separate scenes have them play one after the other or the other way around but intercutting them was the definitely the the right way to do it agreed um it's because obviously we have we have the series two two-parter and we got an idea of who the ood were slightly and we did have a sense of like feeling bad for them because i don't know about you but that last clip of them in uh the satan pit where they're like cowering and looking up <laughs> every time i'm like don't because i'm actually gonna scream stop it because it's the saddest thing i've ever seen that is the saddest thing in doctor who i've ever seen forget rose tyler being stuck in the parallel universe forget about donna forgetting things that shot kills me every time so you do get a sense of like empathy for them, but in this episode, it's almost like it's like yeah, okay, we've seen them before, but for this is this is now we're really going into how this species has really and truly just been attacked and abused, and just you know, and like Mister Halpin. So I want to talk about him for a second because Tim McKerney, I think that's how you say his name. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, he plays Mister Halpin, who is the really he's the boss man. Um, and he's amazing in this episode as in the actor not the character because the character is a piece of shit um, but Tim McKerney is such an incredible actor because he embodies a boss a bad boss because I know there's some good bosses out there but um, he is truly like I've met people like him you know and you can feel the stress coming off of that man like literally when he speaks I'm like 
that, stop. Don't, I don't want this energy. I don't need this energy on me. Like the, the, the slight, the slight undertone of the, the smell of sweat because he's just underneath that collar. He's just pouring with sweat and he's just, mm. it's just, you know, and the stress of him is palpable. Like literally like every time he speaks, I'm like, you haven't slept in like 20 years and it's catching up with you. Yeah. You know, some great head tapping acting that really drives home the stress. I've never seen a man tap his head with, like he felt like it looked like his fingers were going to go inside his brain. Um, yeah. Which they basically did later on in the episode. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he's great. Uh, another little tidbit about him is that he was one of the millions, millions of white male actors who auditioned to play the doctor in the TV movie. So amazing. He, he would have been um, strange. I can't imagine it. Yeah. But yeah. And just like, and like literally every, just everybody and every actor in the UK just auditioned for that role at that point. Yeah, that is mad though that he that he um auditioned for it though. But no, he is he's incredible, and I think again his character mm-hmm. is so interesting because the way it's kind of so with the hair loss thing. So obviously that is his main one of his main stresses. He just throughout the episode he's just saying drink, and he drinks this little shot glass of what you think is like medicine or hair tonic. Sorry, hair tonic. Um and. When I first watched this episode, I don't, th- I don't even think about it. I don't even question it because it just seems like an annoying thing he does. Where it's like, I'll pass me my drink, and it's like, just get it yourself, you flipping lazy bastard. But um, no, it's actually because you know, Ud Sigma is that girl. He strikes a really fine balance between being like a very grounded, real, horrible man that we've all met, but he's yeah. also really panto at some. At, moments like he's so over the top but he just runs with it and it never feels yeah. like too much but like yep. some of the like quippy one-liners that he does that are just so funny like where he's where when he leaves the doctor and donna and he goes enjoy your ood oh that yeah is, oh that's wonderful and like, i like the, that the nonsense but even though he believes it's hair tonic the sort of nonsense moment where he pulls out and he's like he's like oh it's not a drink it's it's hair tonic and then still is like but have a drink on me old friend and pours it all over the brain i'm like what's going on here what's going on here yeah. it would have been really alcohol, funny if they not? got if they came back and it actually was hair tonic and there was just like a little patch of hair on the brain just oh my God. It like long flowing locks yeah. <laughs> That would be lieutenant hair spiked, <laughs> <laughs> just going all the way up to the railings. <laughs> and I think it's also like, with, like you said, Josh, with the the head tapping when he's like, "This stress, this is all stress." You know, my hair yeah. loss is just oh, hilarious. And I think it does, but it does an amazing job of keeping him quite a consistent bastard. Because, yeah. like, you know, because because I feel like there's a version of that character where you have a bit of sympathy for, but all he does walk around talking about being stressed and my sort of inbuilt reaction is, oh, he's. Is running like a, a slave trade? Is that too stressful for you? Is it? Oh, oh, like the always sunny meme. Yeah, did someone get addicted to selling people into slavery? Boo hoo. Yeah, literally. Right, grow up. Literally. Grow up. Shave your fucking head. <laughs> yeah, go away. Go away. Yeah, he's just awful. But then it's again of the like the the fact that the business is family owned as well. It's this way you keep things in the family because you know you've got these in these these little secrets within your family. And it's just obviously all very dark and disgusting. All of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just feel like this episode has so many different aspects to it. Like you've got 
the really dark, really sad bits. You've got the comedy because the comedy's pretty good. Like the guy again, like you know, using the claw on ten when he's just like, ah, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, he's having the time of his life, isn't he? Such a random insert. I don't know what it's. It's hilarious though. I love that it. Man is on drugs. He is insane. Oh yeah. <laughs> like when he, he is. it's the bit where he leans forward with his palms on the on the joysticks. He's like, <laughs> like yeah. Like he's just drank the best cup of tea, but it's been laced with crack. Like <laughs> he is insane, and I, I don't know if I, he's earning his paycheck. I can tell you that he hams it up the whole episode. Oh yeah! Like every moment that he gets to just scream down the camera, like a madman, he does it. Yeah, that that man who. I don't even know if we ever get his name. I can't remember. But I don't know. Jesus Christ, he is mental. He is, uh, 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 yeah, unreal. One of my favourite support. I love weird supporting characters in Doctor Who episodes that are basically nameless. Mm. They're just played yeah. by slightly unhinged actors who just think, I'm on Doctor Who, I'm going to fucking let rip. But yeah, you just get these amazing side characters and he is one of those people that this guy this 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 mad employee uh and i feel like something else i want to talk about this is totally totally going down a bit of a darker route but something that happens with donna in this episode and that i really like and i've mentioned this kind of thing before like in end of the world where we get rose's reaction and she's not you know the doctor's excited and wants her to see these new worlds but she's so overwhelmed and she gets really anxious you know and something i really like in this episode is when donna hears the ood song which is beautiful by the way it's amazing um and she gets emotional which always makes me emotional as well i always get a bit choked up listening to it and then she's like i want to go home like this life of yours you think you're going to see amazing things but I, I, this is too much i want to go home and then obviously at the end she's like nah i, I had a moment i'm fine but i'm really glad that they included that because it's like that's a real human thing it's like in the moment you're like i i don't know if i can do this this is a lot to deal with you know mm. yeah it's I, I guess it kind of adds to the to last week of of the doctor needing donna where it feels like one of those things where if 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 he was there on his own i'm sure he'd still have the same reaction but there's a version of this episode where he doesn't actually care and it's her empathy that straight away just brings out like the best side in them and you know it is kind of something he shares in common rose because i feel like that's one of the best parts of satan pit is when rose is arguing with like scooty about you know she's like oh you're one of them friends of the you she's like yeah what if i am yeah mug um, yeah, exactly. Also the Ood comes back, and that pleases me. Um, but yeah, I love you know we like we love companions being empathetic and relatable. Imagine, honestly. Good. And speaking of Donna, something now going on to a lighter topic, completely opposite. A little thing that I noticed in series four, not even just this episode, is when obviously there's a lot of running in Doctor Who, as we know. And uh, every time Ten and Donna are running, Ten has to... Like, you can see that David has to slow down for Catherine. And I like that it's almost become Ten is slowing down for Donna. Like, it's a thing. So he like, he'll, like... He's running, as usually she's behind him. But then now it's like, she'll, like he'll, like, hold her hand while they're running so they're the same speed. Because obviously, you know, Ten is always, like, you know, 
Oh, you can't see me because it's a audio format, but I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to show sprinting. There's some like, wonderful it, running hands going on here, like slicing through the air. But yeah, you are right. I, I, yeah, it does, it, it does feel like the doctor is dragging Donna a, a lot of the time by the. Hand, I do love it though. Or just Donna's just stopping mid run, and he has to, he has to do that. It, it's always good with David, especially when yeah. he's got the coat on. Because it means he has to do a like a skid stop and a spin around, yeah. and the coat goes right. Yeah, the coat wafts. Stunning. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great little action move. They're just the they're just perfect together, aren't they? Like they are. Yeah, they're just they're just fucking electric on screen. Like they're they're, they're on the same level. Yeah, they just bounce yeah. off each other, and it's like Runaway Bride was the warm up. And now they've just they like from the minute Partners in Crime starts, they are just they just fit together like a jigsaw. Like they just bounce back and forth. Obviously, it's wonderful writing as well that helps. Um, but they elevate it so much. And Catherine Tate as well. Like uh, just her performances. I I wrote down Catherine Tate not content with breaking the nation's hearts with some of the most beautiful and emotional acting a week ago in Fires of Pompeii, decides to just do the same thing again. Like, yeah. she's incredible through the whole series. Like, it's, it's like, my favourite performance from a companion. It's the old adage, but... though, isn't it? It's people, people who are incredibly funny or incredibly good at comedic acting have to first just be good at dramatic acting. You have to yeah, exactly. understand the craft and how to act to be a good comedy actor. Yeah. But people who are good at dramatic acting, aren't necessarily funny. I feel like yeah, this, this conversation has to be put to bed now, where every time a comedic actor gets cast in Doctor Who, we go, oh, well, but they've never done anything serious before. It's worked every single time. Like, Catherine Tate was great. Matt Lucas had some really good moments. As like It started off like a goofy, goofy character. And then in series ten, they were like, "Let's give him some actual stuff to work with," and it it works. Uh, Bradley Walsh, it works. John Bishop, it works. Like it's just a formula that that Doctor Know Doctor Who knows how to do, and it's because you've got, especially in this episode, I think it's like you were saying before, like it's Damler, but it's got like so many laughs. It's got really sad moments. It's got really dark moments. This has got like everything that a quintessential Doctor Who episode needs for me. This is this would actually be quite a good first episode of Doctor Who for someone because it just it packages everything about Doctor Who, especially series four, into one really easy forty-five minute package. That's a really fun but challenging watch, and that's Keith Temple as well. Like. What a script. And he's just one of those one and done writers that has done nothing in Doctor Who since, yeah. which is sad. Which is For shame. crazy. Yeah. For shame. But you make a good point because I feel like this episode, weirdly, because it's the way it starts as well, like the way Ten and Donna speak in the TARDIS at the start, where they're kind of almost introducing the concept of the show weirdly as well mm-hmm. and like everything that happens I feel like someone could go into this episode not knowing what Doctor Who is and they would come out not even being confused because they'd be like okay I get it 
uh, episode twos and threes of a series where it's the companions first series. That's a very niche, but like basically every Russell T Davies episode two and three, they're great for that because it's their first trip in the past, first trip in the future. And they always have to sort of reset and reestablish the rules a little bit. Yeah. And Russell's really good at doing that without beating it over your head. Yeah. And even series two, I think, gets around it by even though Rose is there, it's doing it with a new doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's experiencing it with, with someone completely different. So he gets to kind of have that magic of taking her to the far future for the first time again and taking her to the past again because he's not done it with that face as that man. Exactly. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Love that. See, that would be a good place to end the episode discussion, but we have the twist to talk about, and we need to talk about it. Because oh my God. what the fuck? I'm going to say something controversial. This transformation is scarier than the one with Dr. Constantine Ooh. in series one. I said what I said. I said what I said. I'm sorry. Every time I watch this, I'm literally, I'm throwing up. I'm like, Ugh. I think it's, I think it's, better realized as an as an effect um and yeah i mean you know that i don't have much love anyway for james child and dr dancers um (laughs) oh girl don't even get don't don't get elliot started don't get elliot started on this it's gonna be something it's 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 conversation off meister general it's fine josh are you all right you seem like you're in shock no i'm fine i'm more I, i i also disagree with you about it being scarier. It's my truth. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know if I would say. I don't know if I'd say it's scarier because I don't necessarily find the Doctor Constantine moment scary. I don't find this particularly scary, but I say I think it's a better realized effect. But I don't know if I'd say it's creepier. It's a great moment, though. Oh, it's so ridiculous. It's like it's when really, really just sne- sneezes the brain out. That's, that's the moment that seals it. That's for me. mad. Yeah. That is mad. You know what? It's like I said up earlier, Ud Sigma is that girl. Talk about the long game. I mean, that's the long game, yeah. right? If there. We have to. It's not a very good episode, but. Anyway, but like genuinely, Ud. I mean, I love Ud Sigma anyway as a character, as a continuing character from this point forward. Um, but I just love that Ud Sigma is like. Girl, you got a big storm coming. Like, just it's <laughs> so funny. It's like, have a drink, sir. You bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's so good, and just it's like my man. My man falls over, grabs his head, and just starts peeling his own skin off. Disgusting, <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and I mean, David can just sell anything, right? Like the line about the you know ah. Oh, some of them, it's it's anger. Some of them, it's revolution. Is like, but you know, for this one mood, it's patience. Yeah, yeah. it's not even necessarily a great line, but his selling yeah. of that is amazing. It kind of reminds me of his his speech about water in the waters of Mars. That is not yeah. scary on any level, but the drama that he's bringing to that, yeah, is like, oh. I I also love the um, I also love Donna saying, I don't know what I don't know what's right and what's wrong with you anymore, and the doctor just saying, yeah, it's better that way. Like, because I, I agree. <laughs> that's a really good way to address it because what we're watching is absolutely horrific and ridiculous and scary and a bit funny. 
and it, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. It's definitely a lot. Like he he's just throwing up fronds. I call them fronds, the things coming out of the ood's mouth. Yeah. Um. So he 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 turned into an ood, ood sigma. With whatever tonic that is, I don't know. Maybe it's his internal milk. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> let's um, not ask too many questions about that. Please. Yeah, let's let's skip over that. But whatever it is, Sigma's juice. It it was it was done. <laughs> it was you know it was ingested. It he turned into a nude, and you know what? It was kind of iconic it was kind of serving it was kind of iconic it was very slay from ud sigma i mean ud sigma is very slay you know in this episode basically what we've landed on is it's like it's like baby's first david cronenberg you got suggestive brains swallowing people up you got a man transforming into a man with sort of penises on his face it's very it's very david cronenberg coded in the best way possible Absolutely. Also, one thing that we haven't mentioned is uh, the fact that they gave one of the Oods a sexy voice at oh, the yeah. beginning. That's so creepy. It was Again, weird. It's uh, it will haunt my nightmares and and some stranger dreams. I'm sure. But as 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 Ood Sigma said in the episode, your song your song must end soon, and this podcast. Must also end soon. Okay, so we are now at the wrap-up for Planet of the Ood, where we talk about our standout moment, what didn't work, our most doctory moment, and our favourite quote. Josh, because you are our guest, what was your standout moment from this episode? Um... I'm I'm going to read exactly what I've written down yes. on on my notes. How can there be any other standout moment when there is a moment in this episode where a man peels the skin off his face, throws <laughs> up noodles, sneezes out a brain, and becomes a nude? Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no <laughs> other there's no other standout moment for me. That is the moment. He is the moment. That is the moment. I'm going to just quickly interject and say that was also my standout moment is, you know, Mr. Halpin's transformation. But you said it so well, I'm not going to elaborate further. (laughs) So that's that done. Elliot, babe, what's up? Just to to be different. uh, It's like the scene... It's like the scene or two just before that when uh, Dr. Halpin and the, the scientist man are heading towards the brain and they kind of look at Sigma standing next to him and you just have that really kind of nasty moment where he's like, no, of course Utica's not turned. He's loyal, loyal to the last, and then lets him go be with these people. And you get that really haunting shot of fire where Sigma just kind of stops and looks at yeah. all of his fellow Oods being massacred. And it's framed so well and so beautifully. That was like the moment in the episode where I was like, Oh fuck me. This is this is like top tier. Yeah. Like that's so oh. such a beautiful moment. Stunning. Yeah. Stunning. Stunning. So Going from that, what didn't work for you in this episode? Josh, what didn't work? Uh, not There's not a lot that didn't work. It's between two, and it's the sexy Ood voice that haunts my dreams and the uh, cringy grabby claw man that also haunts my dreams. I think I'm going to go with the, with the grabby claw man. It, it didn't work for me, but he worked, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. <laughs> Elliot, darling, what are you saying? Um, again, same, right? There isn't much. There's no, like, structural issues or anyone who's really bad at performance or anything. So, I mean, it is, like, nitpicks, but I guess probably, yeah, I think maybe the, the realisation of the gigantic brain. I don't ever like to go in on effects work too much, but, like, yeah. when the rest of the effects of the episode are so good, it feels kind of disappointing that it is just a large brain. I feel like it could be conceptualised as something more interesting than just that. Yeah. Yeah, the brain's a good shout. So what didn't work for me is a very silly thing. Uh it's the ood eating people's faces. I thought that was a bit far. That was a little bit I mean, silly. Especially because they can't conceptualise it having teeth, so it just kind of rubs its tentacles and so on. Yeah, it's weird. It implies it's weird. there's teeth under there and I don't like that. I don't, I don't like, like it at the all. Idea of, like, yeah. I um, I'm trying to imagine nude smiling. Hmm. Like a proper sort of toothy yeah, grin. Like no. It just I didn't like that. But honestly, that is genuinely the only thing for me that didn't really work, to be honest. Josh, what was your most doctory moment? Um, I found this one quite hard, to be honest, because I feel like David's um I feel like he's not he's not got the I feel like a lot of the doctory moments go to Donna. Um mm. which is, you know, it's the Doctor Donna. Um, so it's fair. But I landed yeah. I landed on the bit at the beginning, which you touched on before, is like a perfect summation of the show. And I love scenes like this where they, they sort of encapsulate all of Doctor Who in like a few lines. Um, but like when he's talking about the feeling that he gets every time he lands and he says, everything you're feeling right now, the fear, the joy, the wonder, I still get that. And they're like, oh, I love it's that great. moment. Because um, also it's like, it's got it's a two-hander because, uh, yeah, like you do get that. You do get the fear and the joy and the wonder and it's lovely. But it also backfires because, you know, that's not what he's showing Donna this time around. Like, you get a bit of that for about half an hour and then it's death and slavery. Like, it, it really does. It shows the Doctor's joy and the Doctor's um, enthusiasm for travelling, but it also shows the Doctor's naivety. But I like that it's quite a subtle way of the Doctor is really trying to fit in with humans, but he never can because his perspective on these massive events and the, you know the way that he travels is completely different to how a human would ever see it. You'll be really romantic going and watching your planet burn alive. That it's day. like yeah, that's that's exactly what I was referencing. Um, was was yeah like. I'm, oh yeah, I'm going to be so romantic and I'm going to sweep you off your feet and I'm going to show you everything you've ever known burning. Like, great idea, Doctor. <laughs> oh, wow. I like that, though. Um, no, not that. The, your answer, not... The, the, <laughs> yeah, Jesus, yeah, you know. Damler. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like the inevitable heat death of the earth. <laughs> uh. No, 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 no. Please recycle and reuse. Anyway, Elliot, <laughs> most doctory moment. Hello. Uh, it's okay. I'll be quick and easy. Admiring the quality of handcuffs. Oh, oh that's good. I love that. There's lots of good Doctor Who moments, but that it's just feels quality. Perfect little little moment of just. It's true. He's admired. He's admired. He's admired it. It's good. My most Doctor Who moment. I have two. So first one is Josh. You touched on it. Um, the Doctor kind of being excited at the start. Mine's more about the Doctor being excited that Donna is excited. Like him just being excited at the fact that she is so 
enthralled by the whole thing. That was my first one. And then the second one, my main one, is the Doctor not being scared of what Ood Sigma did to Doctor... Not to Doctor Halpin, to Mr. Halpin. But the fact that he's almost excited about it, he's like, oh, dear. Oh, no. (laughs) It's not easy, is it? Like, he's just like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're fucked up yeah. you know he, he's not like that's kind of weird he's like no you ask for it get addicted to selling an underclass into slavery <laughs> yeah boohoo it's not easy yeah that's basically that That was that was what my most toxic moment was but last one then favourite quotes slash quote slash whatever Josh oh, I've got a like. really long list do it doesn't matter long list. we want to hear them all I think I've settled on one um Where'd you learn to whistle? West Ham every Saturday. I love that. Um, <laughs> uh, what'd you say, miss? Do I look single? Fucking great. Um, yeah. Obviously, the sexy Ood saying all the better for seeing you. Um, yeah. Every time an Ood says uh, in the creepiest way, have a nice day. I just love the Ood saying creepy, um, like hospitable shit. Whilst killing yeah. a human, that's always fun. <sighs> yeah, there's loads, but I think I'm going to settle. If I'm going to go for a a serious answer, it's going to be Donna with the mic drop um, of, you idiot, they're born with their brains in their hands. Don't you see that means they're peaceful? Uh, they've got to be because a creature like that would have to trust anyone it meets. And even the doctor goes, ooh. Go on. Nice one. And yeah. I love that. I love that moment. And that's probably the most doctory moment in the episode. And Donna gets mm. it. So but that's also a joint winner for my doctory moment. There you go. Love a link. Elliot, what about you? Well, I mean, that's also convenient because I guess mine's also a tie for a standout moment because it's a Ooh. quote it's a quote in unison with a moment okay. um it's after you've gone through the emotional high of the 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 sort of the song of of captivity and there's all this chaos going on and the doctor slams the slams the door and goes what are you gonna do lock me up and arrest me throw me in a cage well it's too late <laughs> and then you smash cut to them being handcuffed to a railing somewhere else <laughs> yeah. genius it's a good fight. Yeah. <laughs> It's very, it's very David. That just the ha, it's great. Yeah, the smash, the smash cuts, the smash cut makes it absolutely. There was actually a smash cut that I really enjoyed. Now you've brought it up, is when the Doctor and Donna are going. You know, Doctor Donna friends, the circle must be broken. The Doctor Donna friends, the circle must be broken. And then they go, and then the the Ood kind of go back to normal and go, Doctor Donna friends. And then he goes, friends. Oh yes, and it just like cuts because they're so happy. <laughs> yes. I like that. Very good. Um. My favourite quote. What is, yes, favourite quote. I only have one this time. Um, mine is because I just love the closing moment of the episode so much. Um, when Ud Sigma kind of saying bye to the Doctor and Donna, and and he says, "And know this, Doctor Donna, you will never be forgotten. Our children will sing of the Doctor Donna, and our children's children, and the wind and the ice and the snow will carry your names forever." That's a lovely line. It's a lovely one to end on. It's stunning. It's stunning. I love it. I've just remembered another one that I didn't add to my list. No, go on. Go on. Oh, you've got a box. He's got a Ferrari. Fucking great. It's, yeah. That's a great line. Donna's got some... Donna is the MVP of this episode. Absolutely. <laughs> this is Donna's episode. 
I like that a lot because it always mind, it reminds me a lot of the uh, you know oh he's got a space opera I've got a sports car <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah boys and their toys yeah see that uh, to carry on from that quote another bit I love is when she says that and then she goes come on let's see where he's going I just love that <laughs> <laughs> doctor's like okay <laughs> all right insult me. I was enjoying it, but I was struggling a lot through this episode to not keep thinking because it's that there's that big meme at the moment, especially on TikTok of the it was at the end of Waters of Mars where he sees Utigma and he goes, Is this it? It's my death. <laughs> yeah. Um, is and it I just time? kept saying is it that time? in my head. Is it, time? is it time? Yeah. I love that so much. I love that so much. It's like when I'm trying to figure out what seasoning to use in my soup. <laughs> yeah. Is it time? Is it time? But before we close out the episode today then, let's 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 rate this episode. Out of five, as we always do. Josh, out of five, Planet of the Ood, what are you saying? Are we doing decimals? Yeah, but I always do half points usually because I'm indecisive. I so. would have said a four, and now I'm probably leaning towards a 4.5 because I enjoyed it even more than oh. I remembered. Um, e- but it's a very strict, it's an underrated, I, am, I always fly the flag for an underrated banger. So yeah, four and a half, four and a half out of five. Nice one. Elliot, what about you? I mean, I I, I got to say, this has something that we also mentioned last week. Uh, we call it the gridlock effect, which is I would be looking through the episode list and I'd go, I don't need to watch this. And I watch it and I'm like, this is a fucking banger. Um, like you say, uh, you know, it's not it's not like particularly innovative or maybe even original, but I think it's it's a production team who have been in the role now for the, uh, this their fourth year and they are firing in all cylinders because they know exactly what they're doing. It's just slick and brilliant. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't quite reach the heights of other things, but, I mean, it's a solid four because I don't, I, I don't do decimals, but it's a solid four. It is just good Doctor Who. It's not, it's not great, but it is just good, 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 good Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Nice. Brilliant. What are you saying out of five? I feel like I'm going to be a Debbie Downer now. The silence there, I was like, oh no, something's coming. I do this Um. every time. I do this every time. I always get someone on and then I'm always being a Debbie Downer. I have given this a three and a half out of five. That's fine. To me, that's a really... Yeah, that's a good rating to me. I mean, that's seven out of ten. I think anything below that, I'd be calling you harsh. Good, because for a second I was like, oh, am I being harsh? But now I'm like, no, no. I think it's fair because, like I say, this isn't perfect. There's a few things... I don't know. I can't actually put... a finger on it because apart from the youths eating faces i can't think of anything else that didn't work it's just i i I rate a lot of stuff i've mentioned before based on feeling and the feeling i have it's it's not perfect and for me it just sits nicely at a 3.5 because i always like to watch this episode but it's not quite there but it's got some amazing moments yeah i think that's fair i think it's it is it's just very solid I don't think anyone. I don't think there's anyone who this is. Well, I think every every Doctor Who episode has the potential to be someone's favorite, which is one of the beautiful things yeah. about Doctor Who. But I don't think this is going to be a consistently top of everyone's list of like the best Doctor Who episodes. But I don't think you're ever going to see it in like a bottom ten list, like. And it's not to say that it's average. I just think it's really, really solid, Doctor Who. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the Come Along Pond podcast, or CAP. I hope you had fun. We sure did. If you like what you heard and you want to support the show, you can do so over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Come Along Pond podcast. You can 
indulge in many, many tiers. We have ad-free listening and lots of other little benefits over there. So thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon, but thank you especially to Jason and Dr. Pompadou. They are on our serving and our companion tier. Much love to them. However, don't feel like giving us a recurring monthly billing because, you know, everybody's a bit strapped for cash at the moment. We have a Kofi, ko-fi.com forward slash come along pom podcast if you want to shout us the price of a cup of coffee. One for me, one for Damla, one for both of us if you're feeling generous. That's ko-fi forward slash come along pom podcast. However, if you want to be cool, like the people whose names and emails I read out, come along pom pod at gmail.com. That's a wonderful way to get in touch with us. You'll be in three mile corner. You'll get your email mangled by my mouth. Enjoy that. Come on, pompod at gmail.com. However, we're on social media. We're on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash come along, pom podcast. I know you know about it because that's how you found the show. I know. You can stop saying it. But we post fun little vignettes, hot girl chats, cute little momos, our highlights and our lowlights. Come along, pom podcast on TikTok. However, your one stop shop on the social media sphere. Sock media, if you will, is Instagram. Instagram.com forward slash come along, pom podcast. You can't miss us. We've got the same art everywhere. I'm talking stories, reels, posts, polls, lives, maybe sometimes. It's all happening, baby. If you want to get the latest information about the show, you want to shoot us a cute little DM, that is your one stop shop. Instagram.com forward slash come along, pom podcast. We've actually just, as we're recording this, smashed through. 3,000 followers, so thank you to everybody who follows us over there. However, with all of that being said, Damla and Josh, it's been absolutely lovely being joined by you both this evening. It's It's been a pleasure. Can I just say that, as a fellow podcaster, what that that outro was a a work of art. That was It's a fine art. That was it actually is. That was so wonderfully done. That was like the most professional podcast outro I've ever heard. It's amazing. Well done, Elliot. That was that was impressive. You deserve props for that. Thank you. The best part is it changes every week. You got a face for Broadway, kid. What you doing in this town? Incidentally, it's been lovely joined by all of you at home as well. And we give you air from our lungs. <sighs> I enjoyed doing that. Bye guys. Bye. No, Elliot, you didn't give air. You didn't give air. <laughs> Why did I go there? I didn't hear. I didn't hear the air. I didn't hear the air. Give Bloody air, Elliot. <sighs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye bye now. Bye bye. 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 Damn, don't don't get Josh on again. He's a bit oud. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.